0: and welcome to another edition of Bills from the Far podcast you're with me Tim and my co-host Charlie. Charlie how you doing?
1: I'm good getting used to we're trying to get used to the fact we don't have a game to uh, pay attention to for two weeks it's a weird feeling now you know we get into the rhythm of the season and you kind of have your Sundays all planned out as best you can apart from the primetime games and then um yeah you sort of stood watching from the sidelines really and uh paying attention to other teams, which is a bit of a weird weird feeling. Um, Not quite sure. It feels too early for a bye. Um, I know know, we're not the
0: earliest team, but it just still seems pretty early, doesn't it? It is, considering the bye weeks can happen through to week 14. I think uh, we're a little bit unfortunate. You always kind of like the break, maybe week eight or nine, halfway through the season, especially because the only proper injury concern we've got at the moment is Dawson Knox. And it sounds like he's only got a couple of weeks, maybe. So it's come right for him. But, you know, I'm sure further down the line, if we're playing each week, you know, it's only going to get worse, not better. So, yeah, yeah. Um, so is yeah. that what it
1: is for Dawson? I haven't managed to pay much attention to it. Is it only maybe a couple of Yeah, weeks?
0: The, 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 it's not been properly announced. It's just reports on social media. Um, right. So I'd say his, um, you know, participation in the Dolphins game's questionable, but um, that isn't official. But yeah, they're thinking a couple of weeks. So we'll see Yeah, if he's able to play.
1: I think the good news is that obviously the next what three teams are not yeah, not, uh, especially challenging. There should be three pretty solid wins. So if we're going to miss out on him for a bit of the season, then exactly. it's definitely the part that you'd,
0: you'd choose yeah back to back home games against the dolphins and jaguars and then uh, an away game at the jets so not exactly a daunting court that's what you want after uh, a loss and a hard game against the titans yeah. you want uh, those types of games so, so yeah
1: we're only uh, just over 2 weeks away from our uh, meet up at bills meet up at the Town bell in london so yeah uh, for
0: some reason i think before the chiefs game i thought that that was our next home game was for Jags, but we've got the Dolphins sandwiched in there. So yeah, two weeks, uh, Sunday, it'll yeah, be, that's isn't right. it So yeah, yeah come arrive. down and I think there'll be a good crowd for that. Um, we got a good crowd for the Texans playoff game, which was the last London yep. meet. So hopefully, we know, yeah, we seen those numbers. You know, people come in, even
1: flying in from Scotland, uh, to, to join us. So, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Scottish Adam, who you may remember from one of our interviews during the off season, he's coming down to, uh, uh, to join in. So yeah, anyone that's, uh, you know, within shouting distance of London can get on a train and what have you come down and if you need any recommendations for cheap hotels, actually, we do have some that we can advise um, in, the, in and around the area. Um, so feel free to reach out to, uh, to me, certainly I can provide you some recommendations.
0: Sounds good. So we're here today. Um, we're looking at um, you know how the season's gone so far in the first six games and then you know projections, predictions for the rest of the season. Um, that includes like updated season predictions that we've done in pre-season, uh, top three players so far in the first six weeks and then kind of what's on your mind. So that's going to be a very organic conversation. We've not, uh, we don't know what each person has gone for so just basically what's on our mind things we liked haven't liked surprises or any hot takes that we have um at the end so shall we start with the updated season predictions so what did you have the record um, as for <laughs> I, the first six weeks
1: without going game by game it, i felt like it would be around a 14 and three is that right yeah 17 games
0: yeah you went 14 um, and three
1: yeah. Uh, but I wasn't sure the games that I thought for, for, forecast us to lose were against the chiefs uh, against the Bucks, And I think when I actually did this prediction on the red, black and muffled blues podcast, I actually even said 15 and two. Cause when I went game by game, I felt like every other game was winnable. Um, so obviously we've beaten the chiefs, which is great. Uh, very convincingly. We didn't beat the Titans. That always felt like a bit of a, um, you know a, a difficult game but i fancied us to control henry as we had done in the past um yeah and i fancied us to outscore them and unfortunately that didn't quite happen but we had we had an awful lot going against us in that game <laughs> so yeah. I, think that, I think that we weren't far away uh, i think if we look at the Bucks, i'm not sure they've hit the heights they did towards the end of last season yet they've had a lot of injuries um it still feels like a tough game could go either way but I haven't seen anything, and I made this point again on the Robot and Buffalo Blues podcast. I haven't seen anything that has given me reason to not think this team is not one of the best um, teams in the NFL. Um, mm-hmm. It is one of the best teams in the NFL. In fact, maybe it's even a little bit better than I thought because I wasn't expecting defense to be this strong, uh, although we have just seen a difficult game against the Titans. So I think overall, my you know 14-3-ish and prediction feels about right. I, I, I kind of felt that third game might be away in New England. And I think in terms of the AFC East, New England definitely looked like the best of, of three not great teams. Um, I think um, Mac Jones has, has looked probably further ahead than any other rookie quarterback. Uh, I don't know what you mm-hmm. think about that, but I, I yeah. think when I've seen him play, he looks relatively solid, uh, which is upsetting when it, it's in New England, but he doesn't, he's not a world beater. He's not a, he's not a Josh Allen. He's not a, a Herbert. He's not a, a Lamar. Um, so he doesn't worry me in the long term. but he looks solid. And um sometimes that's enough in the NFL. So I still feel that's not a game we can't overlook. But overall, I think this defense being as strong as it is, uh, not many teams have a Derrick Henry, um, who can rip you to pieces. Not many teams have an AJ Brown, which is a difficult matchup for us. So I still feel pretty good about my, uh, my prediction. How about, how about yours?
0: Yeah, I'm the same. So, by the sounds of it, we both went 5-1 and one in the first six weeks uh, with our predictions, clearly with 4-2. and two. My loss was also against the Chiefs. I thought we'd lose that. My overall predictions was 13-4, and it remains 13-4, actually. So, my losses were against the Chiefs, Saints, Bucks and Pats. The only one that I'm going to change is um, beating the Saints. I think that's... Um, more doable now. You know, I think the Saints have been quite vanilla so far this season. Jameis Winston um hasn't, you know, we didn't expect like a big improvement to his game or anything, but I thought with Sean Payton, um, those guys would, you know, be a above average team, be quite difficult, especially at the Superdome uh, on Thanksgiving. Um so I'm gonna change that one. So I've gone 13 to four based on the fact that we've lost two games already. I was one I said we were going to lose one game, so that has actually changed my prediction at all. Um, The only other game that I look at and think might be better or worse um, really uh, for us as the Colts. So I think that'd be slightly harder than I thought. I know at the start of the season, they're a playoff team last season and they haven't performed that well so far this season. But I feel like the last couple of weeks started to get better, haven't they? Yeah, yeah, it started to get better. But defence is still quite poor. They've got problems uh, with injuries. Uh, Julian Blackman was ruled out for the season during a week. Um, You know, Carson Wentz Um, is looking a little bit better. He's, you know, getting better in terms of his health. Um, I just think there's a bit more of an upside there now with them. So I've still got us to win that game, but I think that'll be a harder game. And then the only other one outside of that, that I look at the teams, I thought, well, based on where I thought we were at the start of the season, um, I look at the Dolphins who've got next game and they're worse than what I thought they would be. I didn't think they'd get in the playoffs, but I thought they'd be more competitive than they are. Um, So the fact that they've just been piss poor with Jacoby Brissett or uh, Tua. Uh, And obviously all these trade rumours flying around about um, them acquiring Deshaun Watson. That just stinks of desperation from my mind from the the, the Dolphins front office that they know that they need to win and win quite quickly. They used all that, you know, draft capital. And I feel like they've wasted it, especially on the O-line. Like all of those guys are really young, but it's just... I can't imagine
1: if, let's suppose... Houston traded um, um, him Sean yet yeah, to, to Dolphins. I can't yeah. believe the NFL doesn't step in and say no, you can't play him. Mm. I think he then goes on the commissioner's exemption yeah. list, whatever it's called. Yeah. Um, and I think that Houston have kind of dodged it by simply not playing him. But if 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 a team tried to play him, I I struggle to believe the NFL lets that happen. So mm. I think the other weird thing is that the Dolphins are sort of quietly briefing, no, we're not, we're not. This isn't true. Well deny it then publicly. If you don't want the guy, (laughs) deny it publicly. And they're not doing that, which means there's got to be, there's got to be smoke um, and fire there. So it seems that they want that to happen, but I mean, who knows how long these proceedings are going to take and uh, where that, that ends up. But yeah, I mean, they're they're in desperate need of a, of a high quality quarterback, aren't they? They Mm -hmm. really do look much worse. It's not that Indy. I mean, it's not just about the records, about the trend is the Indy definitely look like they're on an improving. There's an improving picture there. And I always felt they would come a little bit, better towards the end of the season. And, you know, if they're competing for a playoff space, there's enough talent there to be be difficult. I agree with you. I still think we win that game. The other team that sort of, I wouldn't say worries me, but you could see a path for them to give us some struggles would be um, Carolina with McCaffrey. You know, I I don't think many teams can stop McCaffrey.
0: (laughs) If he's Um, on the field.
1: If he's on the field. So if he gets fit and he's back and he's healthy, then that offense looks an awful lot better. Um, and we started to see some of those tools uh, on defense coming to the party. Yeah, I think they're a little bit further ahead than I expected with mm-hmm. McCaffrey in the team and healthy. Um, but, of course, that's some, some time away, so we can cross that bridge later. But, yeah, I, I think we both feel pretty pretty good that our, record, our predictions are not a million miles away um, from what we said at the start of the season.
0: Yeah, so I've gone for 13 and 14, and you're sticking with your 14 and 3.
1: Yep, correct. Okay, cool.
0: Okay, so shall we move on to our top three players? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Who's who's top of your list? Yeah, so the top player through the first six games for me, I think the person that's shown the most consistency across uh, the six games is Taron Johnson. Um, Mm. I was a little bit low on him last season, especially when he seemingly got benched for um, Cam Lewis um, last season. Um, I was a little bit low on him, but since he recovered from that injury and has been back on the field he's played fantastically we know the stretch uh clearly during the playoff uh, run and everything like that and his pick six against the Ravens but I just think it's really impressive like he's been on the field not if not 95% of all snaps so far through the first six games so I know we're pretty much base nickel defense anyway but 95% surprised me a little bit I'd have thought it might be in the 80% but he's played 95% and that just goes to show how good he's been in terms of his tackling you look at his uh, t- tackling statistics he's only missed 5.7 percent of his tack- tackles this season which is a seven percent improvement from last season and is an overall um, growth I think it was um, about 14 percent from his like year two basically so he's played he's done really well in his tackling um, improved in that aspect but also which is more important for a nickel player is um, his pass completion percentage in coverage is reduced quite dramatically as well. He's allowing only 53.1% pass completions on his coverage, which is a 14% improvement on last season. So you think of, you know, passer rating and uh, and par, uh, pass uh, completion percentage, you know, NFL, you know, the benchmark is, I suppose, 60% or something, but he's allowing less than that. And from a nickel position, it's so difficult because it's not like an outside receiver. You know, they've got to cover that middle of the field and it's a lot harder to move horizontally across a field than it is vertically. So I think he's been really impressive um, and he's definitely deserved uh, his new contract. So he's my top player from the first six weeks. What about yours? So... um
1: there might tempted, be some
0: overlap here. Must, well, might I was you tempted, tempted to go with,
1: with Josh Allen actually, just yep. but I'm I'm not. I'm gonna because I think there's three more interesting stories to tell, but very briefly yep. on Josh. You know, there was a debate of mighty regress, um, and the question is, what do you mean by regression? Do you mean statistical regression, or do you mean sort of you know execution regression? And from what I've seen, he's the Josh that we saw last season, um, and we've seen that improvement throughout the season. But there's consistency there. And this is why he's been paid. It's not because of the play he was. It's the the fact that they know that he can at least sustain that level. And we've seen those splash plays. We've seen some of the consistency starting to improve. So I'm not going to talk about Josh because I don't think he's massively different to what he was last year. Um, So the the first player on my list is Emmanuel Sanders, um, who, you know, came in to replace John Brown. I think, you know, we all had a bit of a soft spot with John Brown because he was the kind of the first sort of of higher quality receiver we'd had for a while. And, um, you know, he was the guy that, josh had a lot of um connection with and, and, and served us really well for um for certainly a season and obviously had these injury problems but i think we look at san as we go that's quite a big upgrade um he's better than i thought he was going to be you know he's obviously getting on, on a bit in, in years i mean just to put it in perspective he scored last year um five touchdowns total he's already at four with us and we're only what into um, into week seven so um I think he's a really good complement to Stefan Diggs. And I think it makes it very, very difficult for any team to match up against him, Diggs and Beasley. And no team has three high quality cornerbacks that can really match up against those. So I'm uh, really excited about um, Sanders. I'm also disappointed. That I feel like we're not going to be able to hang on to him next year. I mean, how long will the guy play? But he I mean, maybe there is an angle. Maybe there's a, an angle, but he's, he's playing himself into getting some decent money for a season or two just to close out his career somewhere. Um, Whether that will be the Bills or not, I don't know. But I've been really impressed with Sanders. I think we've seen that connection improve with Josh throughout those first few games. And now he looks like a really top quality guy and he's going to be hard to replace.
0: Yeah, and he's an all-round receiver, isn't he? He's not just a deep threat like John Brown was, although he played well in the um, other areas of the field, especially in 2019, which was his like first 1,000-yard season in the NFL. Um, yeah, I like Sanders as well. Um, I think that he's been a good complement for this wide receiver core. Uh, he's just a technically refined player, not only in his route running, but I like how he tracks the ball. Uh, he makes some really difficult catches look quite easy. Uh, his release package is really good. Um, I'm hoping that you know we can bring him back for a year. That would be the hope. That's perfect, um, isn't it?
1: I mean, maybe draft a guy, a younger guy, who can kind of go into that. I don't think um, I don't think Gabriel Davis is ever going to be a number two. To me, is a he's a decent number three, maybe as a yeah. peak, as, as a ceiling. Uh, but yeah, it'd be interesting if they could draft a you know a, a high quality guy to be. Uh, wide receiver, two as a long-term replacement to, to Sanders. But I think if we can, if we can afford to keep him for a season... I think he'd want to stay. He looks like he's having a wild time. He looks like he's absolutely loving it. And I think you can see that this is a championship quality team. So, yeah, I, I've been so impressed with, with Emmanuel Sanders.
0: So. Yeah. And he's one of the more interesting people to listen to in the press conferences because he's all got that wealth of NFL knowledge and experience. He's and a Super Bowl winner. You know, that yeah. helps with a dressing room that is inexperienced, doesn't it? So. It's funny. You said about Gabe Davis and your viewpoint is that he won't be anything more than, you know, a... Um, not a wide receiver two, but a complement for a wide yeah. receiver group. Um, at the start of the season, everyone was talking about him as being, you know, breakout wide receiver two and taking a lot of Sanders snaps, but that's completely gone away, hasn't it? After no, six I, weeks. I think
1: I, I think we would spoil it a little bit last season in terms of what, Sanders, uh, what, what Gabriel Davis did. But the reality is he doesn't have that, breadth of skill set to be the wide receiver too for an app ab- for a championship level team i think that's that's the thing right he's a good fill-in he's going to do a good job for you but there are certain plays that you know he's more he's lending he's lends himself his skill set to a bit more you know that sort of sideline catch is the bigger bodied guy to me he's a little bit more of a niche player but he's on that sort of fringe between a sort of three and a four uh, for me um so that's not to denigrate uh davis i just don't think i think he's probably hit his ceiling isn't as high as uh, perhaps a more broadly talented guy who can play inside, outside, uh, maybe has a bit more pace perhaps. So I just think that he won't be that just because he doesn't have the traits. Um, mm. But I think he's going to be a really good, solid wide receiver, good quality backup guy to complement the, the team. And hey, you know, what, four years ago, he might have been our best wide receiver <laughs> given, yeah. our, given our, uh, our roster at that point. So we're really spoiled now.
0: Yeah, your,
1: uh Who's your second on your list?
0: I've got one of your favourites here, Micah Hyde. He might be ah, yeah. on your list later, but uh, Micah Hyde, yeah. Um, if you look up the definition of hawk in a dictionary, you'll see Micah Hyde's name. I think three interceptions a season, that's already eclipsed the last three seasons. They, n- no one throws at him. He's getting thrown upon a little bit more this season, but he's doing a good job um, shutting down half a field. Um, and he's doing a little bit more. You know, he's doing more uh, close to the line of squimmage as well. He's got his first sack as a bill against the Dolphins and um, he's, you know, applying a bit more pressure on a quarterback as well, uh, which he usually doesn't do. He's always pretty deep. But I just think that um, he's making more plays than the ball um, and he's just... Showing us exactly what we know he is, and that's uh, a top free safety for the Bills. So, just that um, stop he
1: made on Henry, where he just sort of stood in front of him and <laughs> it was just yeah. piled over. I mean, he stopped him, but you know, it was a fairly brutal uh,
0: collision. I think no matter who he goes up against unless you've got the size of Trey Edmonds then you're going to get run over so <laughs> you've got to just take the it's like in rugby isn't it if you've got a prop against a scrum half you know you've still yeah. got to make that tackle uh, and it was exactly the same case so um, yeah he's my number two what about you? So um, again I'm going to go after
1: sort of not necessarily the the second best player on the, on the roster, but a, a good story, which is Dawson Knox. Um, you know, there's a huge amount of talk in the off season about us going for Zach Ertz. Um, we brought in Hollister, who I was actually quite excited about, because I think he gave us a bit of a, a difficult time when we played Seattle. And I thought he was a really good uh, replacement and an upgrade to um, uh, our friend that went to the Jets, <laughs> who shall remain Don't of? say that. Adam McBride. <laughs> Scottish
0: Adam. He'll be, He'll be uh, uh, it? in yeah. tears right
1: now. Exactly. Um, but I, I, I was really surprised that they let um, Hollister go. But obviously it was indicative of what they'd seen in Knox, which is a pretty substantial improvement, you have to say. Um, Had very little of the um, the iffy handwork. It's sort of ironic that he's unfortunately got a hand injury now, but um, you threw a touchdown with a broken hand (laughs) on (laughs) on Sunday. But I've been really impressed. He's got five touchdowns already. Um, You know, I, I think he's looked very very solid as a as a as a tight end. You know, you always say tight ends are slow developing position, and for somebody without his history as tight end, you know, he didn't, he didn't play it until he went to uh, to college. Um, he was always going to be a bit behind, but he had all these traits, you know, he had the size, he had the athleticism to um, to develop. And I think we've seen it and it really is a great endorsement of the Bills' um, scouting job because so I've been – Loving what I've seen out of Rawson Knox. And when we get him out in space running at people, you just think, who's going to stop him? Because he's such, he's such a huge human being. Uh, seems like a really good guy as well. So I'm just, mm. I'm very happy for him that we're seeing that development, that third stage, third year step up. And um, we solved our tight end problem uh, mm. as long as he stays fit. So it interested mean, be interesting what they do um, whilst he's out injured, if, if he misses games and you know, what role Sweeney has. But um, his blockings look good. Um, but I, I I've been really pleased with what I've seen with Dawson Knox. Mm.
0: They've used him in different ways as well, like that like we haven't seen in the last couple of seasons. Like they're getting him out in the flats, you know, allowing him to run after a catch a little bit, create you know extra yards, fighting through tackles. And um, he's also appeared like um, as a fullback as well, has not he? At times, yep. just, he's he's been on the field so much more than he was last season that just goes to show like the growth in his game um, and it's not only in like the run after catch opportunities he's been getting but the deep you know obviously being a good deep threat for us as well like um, making hard catches um you know, contested catches. So, yeah, we've seen infinite growth and improvement in this game. He's one of my three breakout candidates that I said in the pre-season um, podcast that uh, I expected, you know, more looks for Dawson Knox to he's delivering. So, hopefully he's not injured for too long. Hopefully, you know, he'll be back for the Dolphins game. But if he's not, he'll be back uh, for the Jaguars game at least. Um, and, yeah, he's been great. So
1: I think one of the quite compelling... Um... Uh, statistics I've seen. Let me see if I can get this right. He has more touchdowns than Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews. Um, he's fifth in, t- he's got five, sorry, five touchdown re- receptions um, so far this year, which I think leads tight ends. Um, so pretty incredible, really. Um, he's uh got 286 yards so he's not necessarily sort of being used as, as often as a mark andrews or a, or a travis kelsey or um even a, a schultz at dallas or, or or a waller at las vegas but he's he's being used very carefully 27 um uh 27 targets 21 receptions um yards per reception is 13.6 which is i think second highest in the in the tight end group so something uh, the ones that are sort of being used heavily so yeah i think we've seen a a step up really and perhaps a bit further than I was expecting if I'm honest Mm. great so who's your number two
0: this will be my third one now so so Talon Johnson Micah Hyde then I've gone to uh, the offense and uh, I know you said that this is an obvious answer uh, so you're going to avoid doing it but I'm going to bring him in there it's Josh Allen's All right, number three yeah. so we can stop now for he can't perform in front of fans narrative <laughs> after going into Arrowhead which is arguably the most hostile atmosphere for away teams outside of Buffalo and he's performing to in, in front of that audience he's clearly not a one season wonder through six weeks um when you look back last year, his first six weeks, which were really good last year, um, he had 16 touchdowns, four interceptions, and 1711 yards. This season, he's had 15 touchdowns, three interceptions, and 1723 yards. And you have to remember that he's been—he was rested in the fourth quarter against the Finns, Texans, and Washington football team. So that's at least yeah. another quarter that he's actually not been on the field for. So yeah. had he been, his numbers would probably look even better. So that just goes to show he's not only playing. Uh, so he's not only um, at the levels that we saw from last season, he's arguably better as well. When you look at it from just a pure box score um, you know, perspective, but I think from my eyes as well, just subjectively the, watching him play, yeah. he's getting back to those levels as well. I think he looks more consistent and he looks like his decision-making is uh,
1: at a, at a good, good level more often to a team, very little of what um, Kyle Brandt calls sugar high Josh. You know, there's one play against, was it Kansas City, where he kind of um, threw it out on the sideline after, you know, going 20 yards back or something. But I can't think of many plays. There's been a couple of passes that are, oh, oh, well, wow, that's an interceptable ball. I wish he hadn't thrown that. But to a certain extent, that's his style. You know, he says he's a this gunslinger. Um, you're not going to take that out of him completely. But, Yeah, it's great. Let me ask you a question, though. So one thing Mm -hmm. I've been pondering on about Josh Allen is, let's suppose, hypothetically, we lose Brian Dable in the offseason next year, which I think is a a reasonable chance. Yeah. Would you expect a regression from Josh? Because the more I see the plays that Dable's calling up and the style of this offense, you can see it's orientated around his skill set. And I do have in the back of my mind someone coming from outside that doesn't know Josh, that looks in with fresh eyes, can they... Give him the playbook. Can he execute an offense which is as effective as this? Um, what, what's your what's your take on that? If we were to lose Dable, what would you expect to happen with Josh? Would you? Some quarterbacks they can operate in any scheme. You know Brady, for example. You, you know we haven't seen any any real issues in him adapting at Tampa Bay. I like to think that someone like Rogers, Breeze, they could have gone in any offense and be effective. Of course, a good OC is is helpful, but the experience, the uh, you know Peyton Manning is another one. The experience and the and the depth of skill that they have means that they can really um, adapt themselves. And I'm wondering if we're at that point yet with Josh. Um, I'm
0: not sure. Um, I don't think so, personally, because I think that they heavily rely on Josh. Um, You know, he's the focal point of the offence. Everything revolves around him. I think they put big emphasis on him executing in the day bowl. I, I know he does certain things. He uses a lot of motion and stuff, which helps Josh in the passing game. But I think that... A, they've got their ready made replacement for when Brian Dable leave, uh, leaves the Bills uh, in Ken Dorsey. They made him passing game coordinator uh, in the off season, which I think struck, says to me that he's the guy designated to um, get a promotion, basically, when yeah. he's put in. And he's. I don't know if he's, he hasn't been quarterbacks coach with Josh Allen since he was drafted, but I think he joined in 2019, didn't he? So he's yeah. completely familiar with the scheme, with the offense. So if that was to happen then they did promote from within, um, I don't have those concerns. That feels if like the Day- lowest
1: risk option, doesn't it, to bring in Dorsey. Um, they clearly think of him as a talented guy. So um, I feel a lot less nervous about it being a Dorsey, but uh, more yeah. someone from outside you know, this group of, of, of coaches.
0: Yeah, it, it depends what type of coordinator comes in. You know, if it's someone that, you know, has a background in history or spread offence and using play action and that type of thing. then. But if they... I, I can't see us anyway going for someone that's more of like a run-heavy kind of guy, not like no. an Anthony Lynn or anyone like that who wants to run it more than pass. You know, Josh Allen is like the diamond in our offence. Yeah. You know, he, he's, he's our key player, so... Got to build around him, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I don't think it will pose too much of a problem when Babel leaves. But it will be interesting to see, you know, how the the scheme changes as a result. You know, even if uh, Dorsey's brought in, he's going to have his own ideas. And, um, and maybe we know. get lucky.
1: Maybe it's a, an Eric enemy issue, you know, again, where you're always going deep in the playoffs and therefore coaches want to f- uh, fix their head coach issue before or you know, earlier than, than the coach is going to be available. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see for sure. Yeah. So uh, my third player, I have kind of really sort of quandary about this. But I'm going to go for Gregory Rousseau.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, now I know he didn't have a great game against um, the Titans. Uh, we didn't see that push, pass rush, but I think we have to be honest with ourselves. Across the the six games we've seen, he's way further ahead than than perhaps we would have expected. Mm. You know, he's a yes, he's a first round rookie, but you don't typically pick up effective pass rushes where we picked him up right at the end of the first round. So um, I, th- I think I said previously, I think he's, he's a bargain there. And obviously great credit goes to both him for working, obviously in the off season to make sure that, that that one year of great college production wasn't a flash in the pan, but also in our back office and being prepared to take a, a risk on a guy that um, you know adopted out for a year. Um, clearly, again, they betted on traits, but I think he's been a revelation. And I think he's way further ahead than perhaps um, certainly any of us in the kind of serious watching group would, would have expected. Um, mm-hmm. I felt it was going to be a, you know, a year two type uh, time when we would get uh, the benefits, but you see his, his handwork, you see his long arms, you see he can get off blocks. He's actually pretty good in contain in the main. Um, we've seen him influencing plays. He had that fantastic play against KC where he, he tips the ball up and then catches it for the interception. I think um, I'm really excited about Gregory Rousseau, and I think that, um, yes, he had a rough game against the Titans. That can happen. He's a rookie. You're going to have games. We saw a game from Spencer Brown. He had a, a tougher game. Yes, that's normal. Um, but the reality is we've got t- uh, two of our first th- uh, three picks are w- operating in this offense and um, making a difference. And I think that's that's, that's awesome.
0: Yeah, absolutely. No, that's uh, definitely a, he um, was a nomination for me. I had him in consideration. Uh, along with Sanders um, as well. But, um, yeah, can't uh, argue with anything you've said there, really. Um, no one expected what we've seen from Rousseau, uh, as you've outlined. And, um, yeah, if, if you'd said to any Bills fan or oh, he'd be our starting edge player uh, alongside Jerry Hughes uh, in week one, then uh, we would have already laughed. So, testament to him.
1: Yep. Great. What's next on the, uh, on the agenda
0: then? This is uh, our What's On Your Mindset. Uh, section. So again, this is just whatever we've we've been thinking about over the last uh, six weeks or so. Any uh, overarching thoughts, anything that we'd like to bring to the table really. So mm-hmm. I've only got a couple of things myself. Um, so for one, the biggest thing for me, um, which is a concern um, that I have for the Bills long term, I think, not only for this season, um, is our O-line. And they've made certain improvements in certain areas like the run, um, you know, blocking has been a bit better, you know, Zach Moss and Singletary performed a little bit better as a result of the better blocking up front. But I just think um, there's been a slight regression or probably more than slight regression in terms of pass pro. And I think, especially on the left-hand side of the line, we're not seeing um, good play. Dion Dawkins um, hasn't played to the levels that we've seen and we um, become used to from him you know he got bullied uh, in that fourth down play that cost us the game him and Feliciano uh, clearly you know the Covid stuff that's probably still um you know having an effect uh, having a result on how he's been playing for the Bills but um it's not quite right there um I clearly
1: the bigger issue is Feliciano honestly um but, um, yeah, I'll take your point.
0: Yeah, yeah. like there's, there's been what, three, three spots of the offensive line it has changed in six weeks. I don't think it'll stay like that either. Like, even if there's no injuries, I don't think that the, the, the starters that we've got at the moment will stay like that. Like, as you said, Feliciano has been disappointing. Uh, I could easily see Botger... You know, replacing him. Clearly, Cody Ford being benched. I, I, I forget what game that was. Was that the Chiefs game or even possibly Washington no. football team? Yeah. Um, was, that's. that's- that, that says everything, doesn't it? You know, being benched after four games, there's a lot of hope and promise around him, but that's just a ringing indictment to me to say, you know, it's not working. He's not one of our best linemen. I actually am a little bit disappointed in myself because when we when we done a pre-season pod and we talked about hot takes and that kind of thing, I did have a feeling Ford would get benched, at, you know, at some point this season. And I wouldn't actually be surprised. I don't think it'll happen before the trade deadline because we need bodies uh up front, but maybe even next offseason, uh, he might actually be traded because he's only got one year left and clearly it's not working. We've tried him at tackle uh, and I thought he was okay there, but obviously we all thought they'd project better inside and he's just not developed. And I've got an overall concern actually about our coaching. You know, you look at this, this line and Dawkins, we drafted him in 2017. He was a very much a high-floor player, played a lot of snaps in college, um, and he play, he's played fantastic really, really, since um, he, was, he was drafted in 2017. But you look at these guys, we had a really poor t- uh, group for Josh Allen's rookie season, uh, the front office being... Uh, done a really good job with revamping that, picking up the likes of Feliciano Spain and Morse and these guys that we brought in um, but there's not really been any improvement. We brought down Williams in. He played really well at tackle last season. You know how much I liked him. He's been kicked in the guard now. And I like him at guard. He's looked better. He's improved the group. But I think you're paying $10 million for a year yeah. average for a guard. That's quite a lot of money. They're going to draft
1: a guard. They've got to draft a guard. At yeah. Two. <laughs> the interior
0: <laughs> so... needs work because my hot take out of all of this, I think two of the three vets uh, on our O-line will be cut you know, at some stage uh, in the off-season. So looking at over the cap, Morse, if we cut him, which was rumoured last off-season, but clearly uh, he came back on a restructured deal. Uh, We'd save nearly $6 million on him if we cut him. Uh, Williams, he's got uh, 2.1 million savings, but a 3.5 million dead cap. So I think he's likely to stick around because of that dead cap hit, And I think he's useful to have as a backup tackle in case something happens with Spencer Brown or Feliciano who's a 2.25 million cap saving um, I think two of those three guys would go I think Mitch Morse has actually been the best performer out of yeah. the lot and he's played really well but I'm looking at the 6 million figure almost 6 million and I'm thinking well you know we could really do with using that somewhere else and investing it somewhere else in the team, um, you know, taking more dart hit, hits on other players that are available next season. Um, so I don't know what you think, but I just think, you know, for coaching, it has, they haven't really developed. You know, we put Feliciano in from radius Raiders. He was a backup O-line guy for them. I can see why he was. He was still an improvement because the guys that were protecting Josh Allen in his rookie season were abysmal. So any... And if you brought in anyone, that would have been an improvement. But I'm just looking at this group and I'm thinking it's underwhelming. You know, we're not getting a lot of push from them. You know, past pros um, progressed in my mind. So overall, just that area as a group, I'm just disappointed by so far this season. Yeah, and I think it's telling that they've
1: had to make so many changes in the first few weeks that they're clearly not happy Happy with it. It's disappointing they couldn't have worked that out during the off-season and during the pre-season. Um, I think a number of us were advocating that they might want to look at a guard um, in the draft. And if you look at Boogie Basham, who I think is talented and I think he'll be a good solid player, but you know he's not contributing this year. There's an argument to say if we'd have drafted a, a guard in you um, know the earlier rounds and they may have been contributing. Um, it's hard to yeah. say. I, I, I'm not completely, completely out on Ford. Um, I think he's had a disrupted time with the Bills. He's had prolonged injuries. He's been moved around a lot. He's not actually had a season at one position um, he still has those physical traits um, I'm I'm not saying he's necessarily going to be a starter but I'm not completely out on him it may be he just needs more time because um, he hasn't actually played that many snaps at guard still but I agree with you I think we're going to need to draft a guard and, and possibly a center although I think, I think we'll get another season out of out of Mitch Morse but I think what I'd like them to do is to is to bring in a guy who could maybe play center and guard um, in the draft, somebody with a bit of position flexibility, um, maybe build, pull someone in off the street as sort of an experienced uh, guard as well. I think Feliciano has been disappointing. Um, I'm, Pretty up on the tackles, actually. I think Spencer Brown will develop into a, a really solid player. He looks like a beast. Mm. He just needs more experience. Absolutely. I think, yeah. I think the trajectory for Dawkins, he wasn't perfect against the Titans, but I didn't think he was he was that bad. I think statistically his um he's relatively uh consistent to where he was last year. And then we've got the COVID thing to to play into the mix. So um I think Dawson will get back to his level, but I agree with you. The two guys look, look not good. The thing is about offensive line is it's as much about communications though as well. And I wonder whether all this moving around of, of, of people is, is impacting that. You know, there was a, a couple of snaps where there was a miscommunication between Feliciano and, and Morse. And does that happen if, if, if those two have more experience playing next to each other on that side, I don't know, but um, you know, you get to know the strengths and weaknesses of, of, of your colleagues on the offensive line. It's not necessarily a place where you need superstars. You need a unit that can operate together. So, um, yeah, I think uh, but I agree with you. Uh, I, I'm worried about them. I think that's the the weak part. What I will say, though, is if we're going to have a weak part in our offense, we have the perfect quarterback to mitigate. You know, he's so good out of the pocket, um, especially blown out to his right, that um, he can cover up a lot of the failings um, on that whole line.
0: Yeah, absolutely. But you think about how good he is in the pocket as well and when he can yeah, perform like a statue yeah. and, you know, he can just, you know pick apart for defence. So, um, And you that's say about <laughs> you say about communication, but when you look at the left line, which has been the most concerned, you've got Dawkins, Feliciano Moore. Morse. They've all had at least three years of assistant now. Mm. And it's not only, you know, I know Feliciano has moved from guard positions and that kind of thing, but Dawkins and Morse, they've played in the same positions for three plus years in this offence. Feliciano has be been there. Yeah. It should be better. And that's a weak link. And I just think if, if we don't achieve what we hope we achieve this season, Oh, I wouldn't be surprised if we're looking at that group and saying that's a reason why, because Josh hasn't been able to kept, be kept clean in the pocket. It's the so. sort of thing that you get to the Super Bowl and it, it, that could really ruin your day. Well, you look at the Chiefs <laughs> last season. So, you know how yeah. all the Bucks dominated them up front. You know that that is primarily why they lost the Super Bowl was because Mahomes wasn't comfortable at any point any any through any, through the game. And I just feel like hmm, that's that's a big concern for me. Um, but Slightly uh, similar topic, going off on a little tangent. Um, I was just looking when I was on over the cap at like cap savings and this kind of thing. So for the next off season, we've got 50 million uh, cap space available. Clearly, we don't know exactly what the cap ceiling is going to be or floor, sorry, and, and what that's going to be. Um, but based on, I was looking at Cole Beasley, Mitch Morse and uh, AJ and they've all got really good. Um, cap savings against all three And if we were to cut those guys Then that would save £18 million. So looking at minimum uh, £33 million In cap space so We'll have a little bit to play with uh, When we come up to the season I don't think there's anyone else Other than Sarah and Neil That we could extend You know we've got the Town Johnson Contract extension wrapped up So I don't think there should be anything That eats into that Maybe so, mate. Yeah we talk about money. that um, Yeah I wouldn't be surprised but, but yeah I think Klein
1: is definitely Going to be on the outside looking in um, I think Feliciano's deal's not too bad if we wanted to have him as a backup from from memory. Mm. Um, I think Daryl Williams is probably on shaky ground. I can't remember. I know they gave him a contract, but can they get out of that one quite easily? What, what's the cap hit if we uh, if we get rid of? Darby yeah,
0: so for cap hit against Williams, so we'll make overall two point one million net savings, but the is and a half million dead cap, dead so cap. it makes sense yeah. to keep him. Yeah. Um, Feliciano is similar. Um, but he's got a lower dead cap. So it would look to me that he'd be the one out of those two that would get cut. Um, And then Morse is a big... His dead cap's not much at all. And then you save nearly six million. So I don't think there's any
1: chance AJ Klein stays in this roster next year. No. Not
0: not that kind of money. And Beasley might, but I just think... With what's happened uh, over the last few months with the COVID stuff, um, it'll be interesting to see what happens with him moving forward. Uh, But his his number is enticing. I think it's around 5 million and, and not much of a dead cap. So I think those guys... You know, you could easily save a good amount of money. So. I think it's
1: heavily going to be dependent on whether they keep Emmanuel Sanders or not. I think if you keep yeah. Emmanuel
0: Sanders, you can you
1: can afford to step away from Beasley and draft a uh, a slot um, a slot receiver. Um, but obviously, Gabriel Davis can play in the slot. We've seen Dawson Knox come to the party. So what you don't want to do is maybe lose Sanders and Beasley in one offseason because um, mm. you lose so much experience and experience with Josh Allen as well. You know, he's not an easy quarterback to be received before. And Pacey throws the ball at. So,
0: yeah. 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 Yeah, no good points. What about you? Like what's your
1: first so, uh, discussion point? I think the landscape in the AFC feels like it's changed a little bit. I mean generally speaking as I said earlier I don't see any team that is unbeatable for the Bills. And I think getting that monkey off our back of going into Arrowhead and beating KC is is a big one psychologically. Um, we know that we can beat pretty much everybody else. The Browns are not as good as I thought they were going to be this season. We've seen Baker Mayfield drop off a little bit. He's now got an injury. I think they're Probably going to be in the in the postseason, but not necessarily getting too deep. The team that is better than I thought is the Baltimore Ravens, um, and I think that they do present matchup problems. Although, obviously, we you know really control Lamar in um, in that postseason game uh, last January. Yeah. So I, I think that the landscape's changed a little bit. I think that we no longer have that sort of the big evil logo of KC to worry about. Well, we've got the Ravens and maybe the Titans. Who would also be tough finalists in the AFC Championship game if we get that far, which, which I, right now I fully expect us to. So I think the landscape's changed a little bit, but I think the Bills are the best team in the AFC. I think the Chargers' defense is going to be problematic for them, as good as they are on offense. You know, once we get into the later stages, you know. We saw them absolutely controlled by the Ravens last weekend I and mean, it's pretty crazy that they only put six points on the Ravens um, given how effective they've been on offense previously so I think yeah firstly I think that this is a Super Bowl quality team that we're looking at in the bills uh, there is no two ways about it they can and probably should make it to the Super Bowl this season and once you get yeah. there who knows but there's nothing that scares me but I do think there are a couple of teams there that present headaches it's not a dominant bills in the AFC I mean some people saying they're clearly the the, you know, the best team in the NFL I don't think it's a massive gap um, but I think the landscape's changed a little bit In the fact that the KC got a little bit weaker I think plays into our hands honestly I think that uh, first seed is well up for grabs
0: yeah, who would you fear in the playoffs? Like, um, if we got the first seed and got to the AFC Championship game, like who, who's a team you wouldn't yeah. want to see? Baltimore. Yeah, I don't want to see Baltimore. Baltimore, uh, really weird. I think because they went from last season being the most run heavy, you know, top team for rushing last season to being really pass heavy and they're not using their running backs and clearly jk dobbins being out uh, i think he tore his acl didn't he right at the start of the season but him not being available has um changed like their philosophy loosen them up hasn't it Yeah. yeah and lamar's just able to throw it around now and he's pretty much the only part of a running game. Like they've got Devonte Freeman and um, Latavius Murray and a few other, you know, revolving weapons like that. Tyson Williams has been a non-factor since he looked good. I'm still a bit uh, annoyed about that because I traded him in fantasy and he. <laughs> Then got benched and got inactive. So I don't really want to talk about that. But yeah, it's just really weird how they've like transitioned, like gone from the most run-heavy team to now being more the, the most like pass heavy, I'd argue, in the and they're Regularly putting up 30 points
1: um, yeah. on, on teams. Um, put 30 points in the raid. Uh, sorry, yeah. I mean I think it's about half the games they put 30 points on and came pretty close against the Raiders as well. So yeah. you know, they, they scored 36 against the Chiefs. Um, they Dominated the Chargers. Um, they beat the Colts relatively comfortably, um, although eventually in overtime. It it's it feels like they are they're a more balanced team for sure. Um, and I think it makes it harder for us to scheme against it if you've got both Lamar and an effective passing game to control them. You know that, the reason that we we managed to keep under such great control in the um, in the off season, sorry, in the postseason last year was that. <laughs> basically couldn't, couldn't throw the ball. You know, you if just, you, you just kept him in the pocket and uh, played good secondary, then um, he was forced to run. And, and, and you know, we, we saw the result of that. So it was, um, yeah, they're the ones that I don't want to face. I mean, mm. a lot of talk about the charges. I do think that defense is fundamentally flawed. Chiefs are always going to be a problem. You're never going to feel comfortable playing against my homes but you know we have the better record we have the matchup win if it comes through if the, if the afc comes through uh, buffalo they're gonna have to come to orchard park and um that's that's our strength as well i'm not worried about the browns i think they're flawed um and i don't think they're as good as i was expecting indy will improve maybe they'll make the make the playoffs eventually but i'm, I'm not sure there's not a lot to worry about so i'm um I'm really optimistic that the Bills. Are, that I think they are a Super Bowl quality team, and I think they are a, a championship quality team. But I think the only two teams that I think, yeah, really worried about would be the Ravens and the Chiefs. Of course, the Titans can beat anybody in the days we've just seen. Yeah. But I still back this team to learn those lessons and to control Derrick Henry. And um, you know, an awful lot went against the Bills. <laughs> In that game yeah. the, the officiating was terrible we, although we talked about all the holding calls it, it took all of that and they only just beat us um, you know we, I just don't I don't see that happening again
0: I hate playing the Titans. I really don't want to play them in the playoffs. <laughs> I know that on paper, you look at them and you think, oh, they've got all these injuries and, you know, Tannehill at quarterback, he can be very, you know, you don't know what, what Tannehill you're going to get. You know, it depends on the script of the game. And, you know, if they get the lead, then, you know, he can be good. But if they get behind and he has to throw it, then, you know, that he he, he doesn't, He's not a good quarterback, that kind of thing. But I don't know. I just don't want to play the Titans in the playoffs. You know, no. I just hate the idea of Henry running at us. And I, as we <laughs> talked about, he's a maverick. No matter how good our defence is, he'll still be able to make plays and still be able to, you know, run against us. So I don't, they it, they just make it so difficult for us. I don't know why. They've got this, they've got a, a formula to beating us. And it's really frustrating. Like we just, and I, get, I know we beat a, Three years ago, that was with Mariota, you know, under centre and Tanner Hill's clearly a better quarterback and I don't know, I just don't, I just don't want to play him in the playoffs. I just don't want to see him again this season. You know, if I hopefully just get lined up against the Chiefs or something and the Chiefs can beat him and take him out for us so we don't have to come up against them. If we play them again, you know, as I say on paper... You know, with a better team, but they just yeah. find a way. So hopefully, we we stick. Uh, we don't have to play them in the postseason. But yeah, I've only got one other point. So if you don't mind me, yep. uh, Go just ahead. bring that up. So when we, I looked at the um, projections I made for um, our season. I'm still saying that we're 13-4. to four. I came across, we, we both had like a list of top three breakout candidates. So I was just looking back at that and was thinking, so Gabe Davis, we've already talked about him and the fact that he's a slow start, but that's been because of Sanders and, and, and Knox as well, having a great year. Knox was my other guy that I had uh, as a breakout candidate. My third guy that I had, which I wanted to bring up with you just to see where you are on him, because we've both got his jersey is Ed Oliver. Mm. Right, where are you with him?
1: I think, generally speaking, he's, we've seen an improvement. Um, I think having Star Lotulelei is is helpful to him. He's not getting the same amount of um, double teams, but I also think a bit of a fresher pass rush is helping him as well. So, the fact we have these um, this this rotating defensive line with people coming in and out, keeping everybody fresh, I think it's helping. We've seen him in the backfield a little bit more. Um, we've seen some good tackles. I don't think he's perfect, but yeah, I think what we're seeing is progression, and I think that's what I wanted to see. I wanted to see take a step forward. Um, Is he that dominant game-wrecking three technique? Not yet. Um, Could he become it? I'm not sure, but Mm. I think he's very competent. He's he's perfectly good. And um, I think we're seeing improvements. So I feel fine about Ed Oliver. I guess that's the the best way I'll say it. I love the guy. I love the the character of him in terms of his play. Um, I'm seeing an improvement. What about you? How do you feel about him?
0: Yeah, like um, he's making plays in the run game, uh, like a couple each game. But I just feel like he's been a little bit disappointing going after the quarterback. Um, I think his stats show that he hasn't put much pressure uh, on the quarterback. Most of the pressure is coming from the edge at, at the moment. Uh, I think even Starr's got more sacks than he does. I just think, you know, for, for his draft. Dra- pedigree where we took him and what we've seen so far you know I remember in his rookie season against the Cowboys in Thanksgiving that always stood out to me of Ed Oliver yeah. I thought right you know he's broken out he's forced a fumble he sat at that Prescott a couple of times this is where he's gonna come out flourish and show us who he is and it feels like the last couple of seasons although he's made some plays I feel like he's very inconsistent especially when he's rushing the passer and I just feel like my expectations for him are so high. Like I expected so much from him. Um, maybe that was you know, that's my fault. Expecting too much from him. Seeing him in that Cowboys game, thinking, oh, you know, th- this has the makings of, you know, being a really good uh, pass rusher from the inside. He's not quite got to where I was expecting him to be by, you know, in his year f- uh, three. You know, clearly he's still got time. Hopefully, we see some more growth. And we see him, him able to get after the quarterback. Um, I'm just hoping he's he shows it. But I don't know. My hope. I feel like he's fading slightly on him um, being that high impact player that we all right. hoped he'd be when we drafted. Um, again, like it'll be interesting when it comes to end of the year, seeing what, what, you know, he does for the rest of the season. If they give him that fifth year extension, I don't know what that's going to be worth, but that's all fully guaranteed there's going to be a lot of money for interior D linemen. You'll um, be interested to see what they do yeah. uh, moving forward. So, yeah, it's not quite meeting my expectations in a uh, you know r- r- rushing a passer, but he's making some good plays in the run game, and we didn't see much of that last season. So he's definitely made improvements there. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. What do about you, you? Have you got yeah, any other? One more.
1: Yeah, one more. I, it's really, I mean, I think we need to be avoided any recency bias with the Titans game. I think overall, this defense is quite a lot better than I was expecting it to be. Um, I think we've seen fantastic safety play from Micah Hyden and and, uh, Jordan Poyer. I think they've been really outstanding. We've seen a lot more of them in the box, um, you know, getting involved. Um, I think that we've seen great interceptions. I think Tremaine Edmonds has come on quite a step. I thought he was excellent against the Titans. Um, He looks back to a really solid decent level uh, middle linebacker. I think we've seen Matt Milano um, play incredibly well at times um, this season. Taron Johnson's taking a step forward. I don't think we've seen any big real issues with Levi Wallace. We know he's physically limited, but I think overall, he's been pretty solid. Uh, Trey White's been having an impact. Um this D-line, although, as I said, let's avoid recency bars. I think overall, if we look at those six games, has been pretty effective. And I think we've seen it being further ahead at times. We've had A.J. Emanessa flashing. We've had Boogie Basham involved. Um, Starla Tulele looks better, actually. He's, he's actually getting into the backfield way more than I remember him doing. So he's suddenly becoming an ineffective pass rusher somehow. Um, and obviously you mentioned Gregory Rousseau but I think overall, you know, look at defense and go, this is a really good defense. And it's better than I was expecting. And it makes everything else easier. It bought us time in the early part of the season for the offense to kind of come to the party. You know, we're getting um, pick sixes. We're getting interceptions. We're getting turnovers. And um, I think it's, it's, it means that we're going to always be in the game no matter who we're playing against and uh, with the strengths that we have on offense, it's uh, really exciting. So I think that defense is going to get better the more it works with each other, especially that defensive line. So yeah, it's just really nice to see um, our defense getting back to levels that we'd seen um, previously, really. I know we didn't have a, I think it was what 12th ranked or something last year.
0: I think you're getting into 14th,
1: getting back in sort of that top five, in the league um, hopefully by the end of the year so yeah I just think it makes everything easier and it's, it's exciting to watch I love watching that uh, that combination of players and some really great dudes on it yeah
0: with, with the exception of the Titans game as you said I felt like um, you could see that Henry had, like um, you know tired us out because yeah. you look at the Chiefs game especially the week before and how as soon as one of their players caught a ball or we knew they were rushing it there was like three or four bodies around them all the time. Like, it wasn't like that against the Titans, but the the longer of the game played, and this is why also I didn't want to go to overtime against them, because the longer the game played, the more tired our defence got. And we weren't, you know, hunting them in packs, you know, it was just like yeah. one guy making a tackle. Um, but other than that, yeah, it, it's looked so improved. And there's not been a weak spot. You said Levi Wallace's name. Like, when was the last time we spoke about him? Like, Probably, I was thinking the first game against the Steelers, I remember he gave up a uh, a touchdown. Uh, he didn't swipe the ball away and they called it for their only touchdown that game. But, like, you know, the whole, you know, before the season started in a draft, oh, we got a draft a... Cornerback got a draft for cornerback as well. We're weakest. I'm still going to but... be saying that, by
1: the way. Next yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I probably will too, just because not because of how Levi Wallace has played, but I think it's only Trey White and Dane Jackson that are under contract uh, moving forward in the cornerback group, so that needs to be addressed. We're going to need a draft cornerback, even if we bring Levi Wallace back. Yeah, but I just absolutely. feel like with him, he he fights for adversity. He's resilient. Uh, we never really say his name after a game because he's always. Performed, you know, pretty well. You know, he's got a high floor. He's not going to be, you know, a game changer. He's not going to play to the levels of Trey White. But, you know, we know who he is and he plays well in this defence and he's been part of the system for so long. So, yeah, I just wanted to add, you, you mentioned his name. I hadn't even thought about him for like four games, but that's just a testament to how well he's playing as well. So, as I just say, there's no Weak links at all in this defense. Um, and it's coming together, and hopefully that'll just grow, you know, the more the season goes on and, you know, it becomes even better, especially at pass rush, you know. So hopefully, we see Epines. So he's going to have two weeks, basically, of rest um, mm-hmm. when we come back against the Dolphins. And we know how well he done against the Dolphins. So that, that's a scary prospect for those guys. Get him in, you know, get him on uh, Austin Jackson's side and just allow him to rush, and he'll probably yeah. get like five sacks. He'll have a Chandler Jones. Type performance against uh, the Titans. I can't wait to
1: see it. I I feel like is just going to be panicking. Um, You know, imagine it's going to be going to be be fun to watch. I really dislike the Dolphins. I have to say, (laughs) 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 I really, I really take a lot of pleasure in beating the Dolphins. (laughs) So yeah, I'm looking forward to that game. Actually, it's uh, well, just over a week away. Um, great so yeah. I think that's everything on our list right that we've, we've covered yeah little, correct bases, yeah that's of all my bits catch up and um, and, and just to talk at, you know not about a game specifically but about some of our general feelings about the Bills and you know I have to say that overall this has been a pretty fun start to the season I mean you know we had a rough game against the Titans but a lot to be excited about and um, it's been a while since we can say that as Bills fans so um, yeah good stuff so um, yeah that concludes our our session for this week Uh, Bills from afar we may well be back with you next week Uh, we're having some debates about exactly how we're going to play it out through this this, this bye week so look out for uh, anything upcoming Um, as I mentioned up at the start we are just over two weeks away from our uh, UK and Ireland Bills meet up so if you can get to London for the Jags game we'd love to see you it sounds like we've got a really good crowd coming and and um, yeah, it's going to be nice. And I think even if you wanted to come out early, I'm sure lots of Bills, Bills fans will be out earlier for a few drinks, um, if you can make it. So More Town Bell, uh, not far from Tower Bridge, look it up and um, yeah, we'd love to uh, have you there. So we'll be there. Um, uh, Trish from Buffalo Rumblings will be there. And um, uh, Matt and Alex from Red, White and Buffalo Blues, UK Bills Networks will be there. So um, yeah, it's pretty much the, the UK Bills... Uh, <laughs> royalty so to speak I suppose not including us uh, but we will uh, be intent Were you coming on Tim? Are you able to make that, that session?
0: Well, sure yeah it'll be a game day decision.
1: Game day decision right very good so we'll have to check on that injury <laughs> um, yeah you can uh, catch up with us on email if you want if you've got any questions or you want to uh, get in touch with us or come on and tell your story about uh, being a Bills fan we are BillsFromAfar at gmail.com you can also get in touch with us on Twitter I am Charlie underscore sports and he is Tim Rudge 90 um, Um, yeah, so until we hear you hear from us again, uh, go Bills. Go Bills.